Good afternoon, everyone. <coughs> Have a blessed new year. And uh, if uh, <coughs> every day the book of Lamentation said, his, his mercy is new every morning, every day. I believe his mercy is also new every year. There is something that God will there's something that God has stored for us. There is, there is something that God has prepared for us because He knows. Trust me, because God knows the things that we have to face this year is different from last year. The challenges will be different, but His mercy is remain the same. His love is remain the same. Hallelujah. So, have you have your Bible? I invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20. And I invite you to read from verse 1 to 16. I always love to read the Bible together okay, with, the, with the congregation. I really enjoy the moment that we read out, read aloud the Bible. But unfortunately, in in English, there could be a little bit of problems because I believe many of you bring a different translations. In Indonesia, we all only have a very few translations and most people have a one translation that uh, people use. But in English, we have so many translations, so it's difficult. So I'll, I'll read for you, um, unless uh, the, um, the multimedia can help with the scripture, displaying the scripture on the... All right, well... Well, again, uh, it's on the New King James Version, so... Okay, let's, let, let's read together as, uh, as it is uh, displayed on the screen. Okay. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace... And said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hours, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle, and said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to the steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, Saying, this last man have worked only one hour, and you made them equals to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, said, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what, what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own thing? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be the first 
and the verse last, for many are called but few chosen. Brothers and sisters, I want to uh, share with you today about the one parable that Jesus uh, said in his, uh, his ministry on earth 2,000 years ago. Okay? But um, this is a special parable, which is one of the many parables that he said. Because the parable starts with, for the kingdom of God, sorry, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner and so forth. So this, uh, this parable is about the kingdom of God. The, this parable tells us how the kingdom of God operates. Or, if I can uh, say in other words, this is how, this is the rule of the game of the kingdom of God. This is the rules in the kingdom of God. Now, when you talk about the kingdom of God, of course we talk number one is about salvation. So if you if you, if you are if you are safe if you are truly safe okay and I'm not here to judge whether you are truly safe or not, but if you are truly safe, one thing that you know that you are in the kingdom of God, because salvation is not just about you go to church on Sunday, salvation is not just about oh later when you die you go to heaven, it's true but but when you are safe today, you are in the kingdom of God today while you're still on earth. And that's why Jesus taught us to uh, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Where? On earth, as it is in heaven. So, while, while on earth, we need to understand how we, how, how we need to live according to the rule of the kingdom of God. And I tell you this, the rule of the kingdom of God is different from the rule of this world. And we are living in this world. Every single day, we are living by the rule of this world. And therefore, many times we think that the kingdom of God will have the same rule or operate in the same uh, way. And that's why we, we often, you know, do not understand. And that's why Lord Jesus gave this parable to teach us how the kingdom of God operates. So, let's start with the story. The story is about uh, a landowner, okay, who needs uh, to hire a laborer for his vineyard, okay. And I believe, okay, the Bible was not was not uh, giving a detail, but I believe the situation is during the harvest time, okay. During the harvest time, a landowner would need, you know, an extra labor to harvest the grapes in a short time. Otherwise, the grape will fall into the will, would, would fall into the ground and will be wasted, get rotten, and will be wasted. So they need extra work. He, he needed extra workers to work on, on a few days to harvest the whole grapes on the vineyard, okay? So this is not a permanent job. This is only a casual job, okay? Or what we call the daily labor, okay? It's not permanent, okay? Now, so what happened is, in, 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 if, if, uh, if you understand the context of the story, okay, uh, during the time where Jesus lived, Normally in the city, there will be a central area in the, in the center of the city where every day you will find many people congregated there. Who are they? They are people who need a job for a day. Okay? They are not, they are not, they are not full-time employees, and that's why they go there in the hope that someone would need a, you need a, they need a casual uh, staff, casual workers, 
then they will hire them for one day. Okay? So that is what happened. So this is, this is and, and, and these this, this people, okay, these people who, who, who saw the job, they are standing there from the morning. Okay, now the King James Version only tells you the, the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, but let me, let me tell you that, you know, we know that the, the hour is from six o'clock in the morning until six o'clock in the evening. So the, the working hours for a day is not eight hours, but 12 hours, okay? And that's why uh, if you read the Bible, you will find that there are at least five groups of people who are called to work. The first one is the earliest one on the first hour, okay, which is six o'clock. And then nine o'clock, and then 12 o'clock, and then three o'clock, and the last one in the 11th hour is five o'clock, okay? And six o'clock, done. Okay, now, the other thing that we need to know is because these labor are daily labor, so they live on day-by-day basis. If they cannot get a job on that day, they have to do fasting because they, they have nothing to eat, okay? They, 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 are, not, they are not paid on the basis of full-time work. They, they are paid if they get a job on that day. So, this is the story. You understand the background? So, this is what the story is. There are five group of people were called, okay, on the different hours. But among these five groups, actually, we can divide into two groups only. Okay? The first group is those who are called in the six o'clock in the morning. And the second groups are those who are called from nine, twelve, three, and five o'clock. What is the difference between these two groups? The first group, if you read on the, on the, on the, on the first two, or the second first, he said that this first group had an agreement or a contract with the landowner. So the basis of their work is the contract. So they know that uh, they, will, they will work for 12 hours from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and they will receive one denarius. Okay? And remember, there is no exploitation there. There is no human exploitation. There is no uh, uh, force, okay? Everyone is agreed on, on the, the just basis, on the justice, okay? So both of them agreed, okay? So none of these uh, labor who works for six hours were forced to work for 12 hours. They agreed on it. And they are happy to receive one denarius because that is the labor standard payment during Jesus' time. Okay? That's the, the standard wage. So it's a very reasonable. Yeah? But the second group, which is uh, the 9 o'clock, the, the 12 o'clock, the 3 o'clock, the 5 o'clock, they have no contract. The Bible, Jesus told exactly that none of them actually had a contract with the landowner. They work only because the landowner say, you come and work in my vineyard, and whatever I, whenever I feel right, I will give it to you. So they don't know, they have no idea how much they would receive. So when they work, okay, people ask them, hey, hey, how much you will receive? They will say, I don't know. What? That's crazy. You work and you don't know what you'll get? I don't know. So why you work? Well, I only trust the landowner, the master, the Lord. Okay, the master only said, work at my vineyard and I will give it to you. Is that all? Yes. So, the second group, 
actually works on the basis of trust. They have no contract. They only trust the master. Yeah. Now, so that is that is uh, that is the 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 uh, the difference between these two groups. Now, now, Jesus Jesus told this parable to give a reflection on people, you and I, the way we relate to God, the way we relate to Him. Some Christians relate to God on the basis of contract. Some Christians say, I want to do this if I know what God will give to me. I will serve God, okay? I will uh, read the Bible, I will give, I will give my offering only if I know that I will receive something back. They set a contract with God. And, and there, are, there are Christians who live like that. I don't know about you, but there are people who live like that. But there are other Christians who live by God without contract. They just said, I just believe what God said. I will care for you. I will look after your life. And I don't know what I will receive from God. One thing I know, that God loves me. is good. Right? So, what happened is, at the end of the day, which is 6 o'clock, the day of the, the, working, the working hour is finished, the uh, landowner called the steward, okay, who hold the money, pay all the workers, pay all the workers, but start from the last one, who work just for one hour, because they start to work at 5 o'clock. And they, he said to this uh, steward, his uh, uh, treasurer, pay all workers one denarius. One denarius. All of them one denarius. So the steward called, whatever the name, okay, Johnny, come here. And Johnny only worked for one hour. So Johnny come forward and he said, this is your wage. Take it. Now, let's try to think what Johnny thought in his mind. When, he, when we walk forward and, re and, and receive the payment, how much you think he would expect to receive? You're quiet? I can also be quiet. And we can both be quiet until tomorrow. No, no. Okay. Is there any idea how much Johnny expect to receive? Remember, the standard hour is 12 hours working, one denarius. Johnny only worked for one hour. So how much he would expect? One twelve. Agree? One twelve. If he received one twelve. How would he feel? He feel relief. At least I got one twelve. I could buy something. I'm not going home empty-handed. My family can eat, even though it's a meager, small. Okay, you know, um, very very simple food. But at least I can eat because I receive one twelve denarius. You agree with me, right? So he must be very happy. Only receive one twelve. I'm lucky. Okay? I'm still lucky. I still can get something today. Otherwise, right, I will do prayer and fasting. 
right? Tonight, okay? So, how much did he receive? One denarius. Twelve times that what he expected. What do you think he felt? Well, I, I, I'm, not patient enough to, I, I'm not patient enough to wait for you, I tell you. I believe he was shocked. He was completely shocked. And he would say, why I receive one denarius? I should only receive one twelfth. But now I receive one denarius. He was shocked. And he will say, <laughs> I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. So he was shocked. So he went out. And then other laborers were, 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 uh, were called and paid one denarius. And the last worker will work at 6 o'clock. From 6 o'clock, who worked for 12 hours. When they saw Johnny receive one denarius, and he said, hey, Johnny worked only one hour and he received one denarius. I worked for 12 hours, so I should receive 12 denarius. So he came with expectation, remember, Johnny came with expectation, one twelve, he received one. Okay? So these six, uh, these six AM laborers came with expectation, 12 denarius, and they received one. Complete opposite, right? And when they received that, they were very angry. They were also get shocked. How could Johnny work for one hour, get one denarius. I work for 12 hours. I only receive one denarius as well. How can this master equate or make me equal to Johnny? Then they start to get angry. They were so disappointed with the master. And that is what happened in this story. So my friend, when Johnny received one denarius, while he actually only deserved one twelve, he said, this is really grace. I don't deserve it. This is grace and mercy from the master. He was shocked by grace. The labor who worked for, six hour, for, for 12 hours, they were also shocked by grace. But they were shocked in anger. Well, Johnny was shocked in joy. Now I tell you this. Let me start with this, my friend. Grace. If you know and you encounter grace, I tell you this. Grace is shocking. When you find grace, if you really see grace, it's always shocking. Because it's always beyond and opposite to what we think normally. Grace is not something that we can, we can assume or we can think or we can, because, you know what? In this world, we cannot find it. So, grace is shocking. The question is, and if you encounter grace, you will be shocked. The question is whether you will sh be shocked in joy or you will be shocked in anger. <laughs> um, since I came, I, 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 was, I was arriving in, in, in Singapore uh, on Thursday. So from the first day, you know, the, uh, some person who kindly gave me a company, they start to talk about something that I need to do in, in, in while I'm in Singapore. And perhaps I will do it tonight. What is that? Having durian. How many of you know durian? No durian. 
Right? Okay, right. I tell you this. I did. Perhaps it's a bit overstretching, but let me tell you this. Grace is like durian. Why? Because with durian, you cannot be neutral. Either you love it or you hate it. That's what durian is. I remember in 2016, I came here for my ministry you know, in, in BCS. But that time I brought my family. I have uh, three children, okay, boy, boy, and girl. So on Sunday night, we were, we were brought to a place called Dempsey. To what? Eat durian. So we were there, and when, when we were there, our family is split. That is the first time I experienced split in the family. My wife, my daughter, and myself ate durian so joyfully, and my two boys stood, sat far and far and far away. So three people in the family love, two people hate. That was durian. Grace is like that. You, you love it or you hate it. Now, I tell you this. Grace for some people is very scandalous. And that's why the, 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 uh, the laborer who work at, uh, started from 6 a.m., they hate grace. They said to the master, you are unfair. You do injustice. Why? Because you're supposed to give us 12 denarius. Because we work 12 hours longer than those who work for one hour. Why you give us the same amount like those who only work one hour. Now, when they say that, why they say that? Because they always compare themselves to others. And they say, that, well, we are doing much more than those. And because we are doing much more, we deserve more. Why? Because their mindset is always contract, 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 contract. I give it to God, I deserve this. I give that to God, I deserve that. That is how they dealt with this uh, owner. And the owner asked, asked them back. And I said, do you think I've done injustice to you? Where is the injustice? Let's go back to what happened at 6 o'clock in the morning. Read the contract. How much is you, I need to pay you? One denarius. How much you receive? One denarius. Where is the injustice? And they all just dumbfounded. They're just silent. Get out. You have given me a false accusation. I've never done injustice to anyone. My friend, let me tell you this. Our God is the God of justice. Our God never treat anyone unjustly. Never. Never. Because God is the God of justice. But God is our God is never be God of injustice. Never. He is the God of justice. But let me tell you this. Listen to me. He is not just the God of justice. He is also the God of grace. So God only gives two kinds of things. He dispenses justice or he dispenses grace. He never dispenses injustice. So the first group who had a contract with, with, with the, the landowner. What they receive? Justice. Agree with me? Receive justice. 
The rest, what they receive, not justice, what they receive, grace. Why? Because they receive what they don't deserve. The first group, they receive what they deserve. The rest of the group, they receive not what they deserve. Much better than that, and that is grace. So, let me, let me share this with you. I don't know about your life. I don't know about uh, what you feel with God. But have you, have you ever been angry with God? Have you ever said to God, Lord, Lord, why I only have this? Why those people have that? Lord, I've been serving you. I've been ministering to you. I've been a good Christian. I come the first and go on the last, even though I was sleeping in the middle. But, you know, at least I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing more than others. But why others are more blessed than me? Have you ever, have you, ever uh, you know, had that feeling? Lord, I have, I've been doing a lot to you. Why? I only received it. Have you ever have like that? I tell you, if you have like that, it's because you just like the first group of labor. Everything that you do with God is on the basis of contract. Because you never experience grace. And those who live in a contract with God, they always hate to see the grace of God. They hate. It's disgusting for them. Why? Because they always compare themselves with others. They said, I'm better than others. I deserve more. And when they don't have it, they start to get angry. Now, if I, if I bring you to one story that Jesus also told in Luke chapter 15, you will get this idea clearer. Jesus told the story about the prodigal son. You know, the story of the prodigal son, right? So this father had two sons, okay? The elder and the younger. The younger came to the father and said, give me my inheritance, and you know, that is cruel. That is, I don't know if you say it in, in Hokkien. What do you say that? Okay. That is cruel. There is no how at all. Because he asked inheritance while the father was still alive. It means I, I consider you dead already. But the father gave half and he left home as a rich, rich young man. You know the story, right? Not longer after that, he lost everything. And he had to work in a pig's farm. Remember, Lord Jesus told this story to Jewish people. And for Jewish people at that time, okay, we mentioned they have to work for a pig farm. They said, oh, oh, it's a dirty animal. It's a dirty animal. Some people will say, I would rather die than working in a, on a pig's farm. But not only that, Jesus said, not only he worked in a pig's farm, he was going down lower than the pig. Why? Because he wanted to eat the pig's food, the leftover food of the pigs. But he didn't get it. He was lower than the pig. He cannot go lower than that. And that is what Jesus said. That is when you left God. That is when you want to walk with your own way. You will, you will never go up. You will always go down until you cannot go any lower. Rock bottom. But then he remembered the goodness of his father. So he walked back. And when he was still afar, the father saw him, which means the father was waiting for him every single day. And when the father saw him, he ran to his son, grabbed him on his neck, 
hug him and kiss him. Oh my goodness. That son, I don't know what smell is that. Oh, he smelled big. But the father hugged him, kissed him. And then he said to his servant, give him a new rope, give him a new shoes, give him a new ring. And I believe, he said, uh, spray him first, okay? Uh, right? Uh, cleanse him first, okay? And not only after that, what's that? The father made a big feast, right? Make a big feast. Now, remember, if, if, if his son came back from Harvard University with a degree, he deserved a feast, correct? He came back with, with a successful, you know, uh, as a successful businessman, he came back with a big achievement. He deserved a feast, but not someone who just come, came back with a complete failure. Why he deserved a feast? But the father made a feast, and not just a feast, a special feast, because why? He slaughtered a fattened calf. Today, you know what is, what, is, what, what is that. You know that. Many of you know that. And many of you have heard it. That's called Wagyu. You know that? There's a fattened calf. And that, that is not everyday meal. That is special occasion. That the father made a special occasion for the failure of his son. Everyone was rejoicing. And the father said, this is my son. He was dead, but he alive again. He was lost, but now I'm fine. Well, everyone is rejoicing. Is everyone rejoicing? No, my friend. There's one person who didn't. Who is that? The elder brother. I tell you this. The story of the prodigal son is the story of grace. But the story of grace also told, Jesus, our Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ also told that not everyone loved grace. There are many who hate grace. And this elder son didn't want to join the party. He stood outside, folded his hand, I believe. And the father came out and approached him. I, I think he put his hand on the, his, his, uh, his son. And his son just like this. <laughs> no, don't touch me. And the father said, son, why don't you just go in and join the party? No way. Why? Look, look, for years, look at me, he said to his father, look at me, for years, I've been serving you, I've been laboring to serve you, and never once I disobeyed your command, but you never give me even a young goat. When I remember this story, can you listen to me? especially those, those of you serving God. Let me tell you this. There are people who serve God, not because of God, but because of God. And this elder brother, he looked like serving his father, but actually he's serving a goat because all he wants is a goat. And because of that, he said, but your son, he doesn't want to call his brother. Your son came back, squandered your wealth, and defiled himself with all the prostitutes. And now you make a big feast. What is that? That is scandalous. 
disgusting. And Lord Jesus said, this is what happened with the 6 a.m. workers. Brothers and sisters, if we relate to God, it's always, always in the way that if I give this to God, what I have received from Him, one day you will get disappointed with God. Even one day you will get angry with God. Let me say this to you. I guarantee that. I guarantee that. That's why I always feel perplexed. I don't know. I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to criticize anyone here. Right? But I'm, 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 I feel a bit perplexed in my heart. When every time you want to motivate people to serve God or to ministry or to give offering, we always lure them by saying, hey, if you do this, God will give it to you. We create a contract mindset in the minds of the believers. And that creates many disappointment and anger with God. And this master said that, hey, your eye is evil. Your eye is evil. You read that, right? In, in, in the first of it, your eye is evil. And because your eye is evil, grace is never good. Grace is bad, even disgusted to you. Now, why Jesus told this story? If you read this, uh, this, uh, this passage on verse 16, Jesus gave this statement. The first will be the last, and the last will be the first, right? Now, if you go to verse 19, the last verse of verse, chapter 19, sorry, chapter 19, the last verse, which is, this is verse 30, you will find the same statement. The same statement is, the first will be the last, and the last will be the first. Yeah? So why Jesus give that? So this story is, is, is really to, 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 uh, to give an idea that the first will be the last, the last will be the first. And because of that, who, whoever thinks that he is the first, he will feel, they will feel that they will be treated as the last. They will get angry with God. But whoever thinks that they are the last and they don't deserve anything, suddenly they will find themselves to be treated as the first. And why is that? It is because the question that Simon Peter asked to Jesus in verse 27, chapter 19. Simon Peter said to Jesus, we have left everything. Okay, if, if, if uh, multimedia can, can display it. Uh, uh, chapter 19, verse 27. Peter said to him, we have left everything to follow you. What then will be there for us? What will we get? You know what? This is the statement of contract. I've done this to you, Lord, what I receive. Why Peter say that? Because what happened just before that statement, there was a one story or one incident. There's a one young rich man came to Jesus in chapter 19. And this young rich man said to Jesus, teacher, Tell me, how can I inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you know, to fulfill God's commandment. And he said, 
God commandment. <laughs> That's my uh, childhood toys. I've done it since my childhood. So what else I'm lacking? And she said, oh, well, only one, one, one more thing you, you're lacking. Only one more thing. Okay. What's that? Sell all your position, give it to the poor, and you will receive a treasure in heaven and follow me. That's all. Then you'll be perfect. You've, you, you've been very good, but this is, this is the only one that you lack. Yeah, I don't have time to explain that to you, but the story said that this young man went out, left Jesus, walked out, walked away from Jesus. Why? He said that I want eternal life, and Jesus said you can have eternal life, but his earthly wealth is more important, more valuable than eternal wealth. And then Peter said to Jesus, look, Lord, that young man, that young man, you, you told him to leave everything he didn't want. We have done it. We are better than that young man. We have left everything to follow you. Now, what do we get? Jesus said, you will get what you deserve, but I tell you, you'll get disappointed. If you start to enter the relationship with God as a contractual basis. My friend, let me go back to, to, the, uh, to the, uh, the story. You know, you just remember Johnny? Remember Johnny? Eh? Johnny expect one twelve and he received twelve. So let's go back to Johnny. So he received twelve. He's received one denarius, twelve times that what he think it is. Uh. And he, he went home. He stopped by at the groceries. He bought food, a meal for the dinner. And then he, he, he knocked the door of his house. His wife opened the door and she saw two hands of Johnny brought something. She called the kids. Kids, daddy's home. He brought meals, let's have dinner. And all the kids say, yeah. And they gathered together on the dining table. And Johnny started to put the meal one by one that he bought on the, st- on the store. And the children and the wife said, oh, daddy, wow, you're great, you're great, you're great. Wow, you're the best, daddy. Look at what you got here. Oh, daddy, you're awesome, you're awesome. And Johnny said, darling, everyone, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. What I brought home, what I bring home today is not because I'm good. What I bring home today is not because I'm someone who is, who is great. It's not my work. Let me tell you, I've been standing in the marketplace from six o'clock. No one hired me. Nobody wanted me. My friend, one by one, they were hired. I was left alone. I was not considered as having enough competence. I had no value in the eyes of other people. 12 o'clock, nobody hired me. 3 o'clock, nobody hired me. 5 o'clock, I thought I would go home empty-handed. But I don't know where it came from. 
suddenly one master came to me and asked me, why are you standing idle here? And I said, nobody wanted me. Nobody hired me. I was, I have no value. I worth nothing. But that master said to me, there is still time to work. Go to my vineyard and work. And he said, whatever is good, I will give it to you. I didn't have time to ask him how much I will receive. I have that. I don't have that anything in my mind. All I had is I was so grateful that someone still hired me in the 11th hour. So I awoke at his vineyard just for one hour. And I expected I would receive one twelve denarius. But that master gave me one denarius. My family, tonight we have dinner, not because I'm great, but because that master is good. What we have tonight is the grace from that master. That's the family of Johnny. Tonight, that night, for the first time, they experienced grace. Tears flowing, but the hearts burst of joy. And they said, whoever that master is, we thank him for his grace. Brothers and sisters, let me ask you this question seriously. Do you want to live with joy or with anger? If you want to live with anger, keep demanding God. Keep saying to God, you're not fair. Why you give this to me and give that person? You demand God. Tell him that you have done great things for him. Tell God how good you are. Tell God how long you pray every day. Tell God how diligent you are in reading Bible. Tell God how much ministry that you've done. Tell him everything. Then you'll get angry with him. But if you want to live with joy, know that you deserve nothing. And all things that you have today is coming from his grace. The master, let me tell you this, the master hired Johnny, not because the master needs Johnny, but because Johnny needs the master. The master hired Johnny, not because the master sees Johnny as great, no, but because he wants to give mercy to Johnny. He wants to give grace to Johnny. Hallelujah. So let me talk about about. Uh, this parable, remember, is about the principle of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is about salvation. And that's why I tell you this. Salvation is similar to everyone. There is no economic class salvation. There is no business class, first class, or celebrity class of salvation. Salvation is the same because you are purchased by the same blood, the same blood of Jesus. Now let me tell you this. Jesus told this story, this parable, on the way to Jerusalem. And soon he would be crucified. And you remember, 
when he was crucified, there are two criminals next to him, right? On both sides. And one criminal ridiculed him. Hey, you're the son of God. Get out from the cross. Get down. And if you can free yourself, then we will believe you. You can free us as well. He ridiculed Jesus. The other criminal rebuked him. Hey, 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 hey. Wait a minute, my friend. You are on the 11th hour of your life. You, should, you, you soon would die. And you still wants to add to your sin. We are crucified because of our sin. But this man had done nothing wrong. And he looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. What Jesus said to him, today, right? You remember? There's, is there any word today? Yes, today you will be with me in paradise. In other words, I save your life. You are safe now. Let me ask you these questions. What this criminal do that Jesus should save him? What is the good thing that Jesus should save him? He was saved in the 11th hour. Just like those who work in the, in the 5 p.m. Now, any one of us wants to protest to Jesus? You can do it. He doesn't deserve it. All of his life is doing evil. And now, suddenly, you save him just because he trusts you. Just because he believes you. My friend, but that is how grace works. That is that's why grace is amazing. That's why grace is unthinkable. That's why grace is incomprehensible. That's why grace can only be found in our Lord Jesus. Now, when we talk about salvation, I want to tell you this. Listen to me. If you think that you are safe because you work something, if you think that you are safe because you've been a good Christian, I tell you, you will get angry to those who are safe only because of grace. You will say, God, it's not fair. I should be safe. They should go to hell. But I tell you this, there is no such thing. Why? Let me, let me bring you to one first. Let's uh, read from Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23. And I want to tell you something before we close. Romans 6.23. Okay? Let's read together. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, let me ask you this. So what is death? Death is called wages. Oh, it's gone. Okay. Death is called wages. What is wage? Wage is something that people deserve to have because they've done something. So if you do sin, if your work is sin, God will pay you. God will pay you. You deserve it. When you work, you deserve the payment. What is the payment? Death. Now, this sentence is, is two sentences, but not parallel. We always think like this. For the wits of sin is death, but 
the wage of holy life is eternal life. That is what we think. Because we think if, if death is wage, salvation also wage. But salvation is not wage. Salvation is a gift. And a gift is not coming from work. Gift is not wage. Gift is God's goodness that gives us grace in His mercy. Let me close with this, brothers and sisters. If you want to experience joy in your life, the joy comes from one thing. If you have a heart of gratitude, have you ever have you ever give thanks to God? Have you ever give thanks to God? Yeah. Now, can I ask you, when you give thanks to God, when you say, "Oh God, thank you, thank you," how do you feel? What feeling that you have? Sadness, right? Sadness, right? No. What? Sorrow? No. Anxious? No. What's that? Happy? Of course. When you say you never say give thanks, you never say thank you, when your heart is sad. Because when you receive thank you. You are also happy because you receive something valuable. That's why you say thank you. Now I tell you this. Let, let, me, let, me, let me take one minute to, to explain to you, right? You need to understand what the word thank you is. Because, because uh, you know, the meaning is, 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 uh, is, uh, is uh, far, far different what is supposed to be. When you go, to, you go to the shops, right? You buy something and you pay, right? And the shop gives you the thing that, uh, the, 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 the goods that you, that you pay. How many of you say thank you? Many of you say thank you, right? I tell you, you don't have to. I tell you, you don't have to. For courtesy, yes, but you don't have to. Why? You deserve the goods. Why? You pay for it. It's your right. Why is it this? Because if you don't thank you, okay, in a Spanish word, how, how, how do you know what, what thank you in Spanish word? Gracias. Gracias. And the word gracias, there was a grace. Grace means that you receive something that you don't deserve. That's why you say thank you. Well, you, say, you still can keep saying thank you for a courtesy, but, but the original meaning of thank you is, you said, you are so good, I don't deserve this. And that's why. When you say thank you to God, your heart will always full of joy. Because God, I don't deserve this. But you are so good to me. There's an old song when I was still a teenager. an old song. It's a beautiful song. Say this. I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cares for me. I don't know why he died for me. But I'm glad, so glad, because he did it for me. And I can only say thank you, because I don't deserve it. But yet, he did it for me. When we live with that kind of attitude, when we know and we see everything and we know exactly, it's not our performance, it's what Johnny said to his family. It's not my goodness, but that master goodness. Every single day is the day of joy in our life.
Hallelujah. Stop counting your works. Stop counting your goodness. Start count on God's goodness. Start count on His grace. Start count on His mercy. Every day will be a happy day. And learn to trust God's gracious promise that He said to these laborers, work in my vineyard. Whatever is good, I will give it to you. Trust that promise. And be amazed every day that you say, Lord, why I should receive this? Why I should have this? Lord, you're so good. Hallelujah. May year 2019 be the year of experiencing God's grace in your life. Pushing away all the anger, frustration, disappointment that come from your pride of your achievement. And you only live humbly before God every day. And saying, Lord, Lord, if I said I deserve only one thing I deserve from you, the judgment, the wrath. But Jesus has borne my judgment. Jesus has borne what I deserve. Now what you give me is not justice. What you give me is grace. You will live every day with thanksgiving, with grateful heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus. It's only by your grace that I could live today. Forever I will praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus.
Stop, I want to repent by stop thinking my works and start to think your grace in my life. If you want to say this to God, raise your hands. I want to pray for you. Only when you know God is speaking to you. Okay? Only when you know God is speaking to you today. Father God, every hand is raised. Stretch your hands down. Touch the heart of these people. Release them from every anger, frustration, disappointment. Release them from questioning you again and again. Why I only have this amount? Release them from the feeling of injustice against you. Replace that with your love. Bring their sight to the cross of Jesus. That is where, that is where we deserve. But Jesus took what we deserve, so we will receive what we do not deserve. Jesus took the punishment that we deserve, so we will receive your love that we do not deserve. Father, every hand that is raised, touch their heart. Renew their heart by the power of your word. Cleanse their heart and start afresh a new relationship with you. The relationship that knows your grace, the relationship that trusts in you. And every single day, we know that you care for us. Thank you, Lord, for everything that we do for you. We are not doing it because we expect something, but we're doing it out of our love, out of our trust in you. Hallelujah. May this year be the year of encounter with your sweet and amazing grace in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sing this one more time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
we have abundant grace in you, Lord. And we know that this year, 2019, your grace is new, your mercy is new, and we have sufficient grace. And we rely on your love. We put our trust in your goodness, not in our own strength, not in our own nobility, not based on merit, but by your grace, the richness of your gift through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Now I want to bring our tithe and offering to the house of God. Lord, bless each one of us as we give and sow into the kingdom of God with abundant blessings from heaven. This we pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen.